Jerry, you know more than I know. And this is Connecting to Classics, a mostly weekly competitive radio hour where myself, Will Hagel, and my co-host, Lee Robinson, neither of us are Jerry's, but we connect two classic albums with tangential references, Kevin Bacon style, weaving webs through music history, discussing. I'd argue maybe you are Jerry in one of your pseudonyms. That's true. But you know more than I know. I do go by Jerry Meinfeld as my gamer tag in some instances, just so people know. But we don't need to get into that. We need to get into the albums we picked today for the Jerry episode. I don't really know what this theme means. And before we go into it, I just want to quickly tell the listeners that this is our sixth to last episode ever. We're ending the podcast. We might come out of retirement like Jay-Z, LCD, the sound system. But after six episodes, we're going to focus on the Recorded History of Music podcast, which I'm already more excited about than CTC. So thanks for listening to the show. Send us an email if you want to, you know, tell us how much you love us and maybe we'll keep going. But what album did you choose today? So did I go first? I try to remember the order of these albums. I think you, let's just say you Yeah, I fired with Jerry Jeff Walker, uh, and I think it's self-titled Jerry Jeff Walker. It's the 1972, though. I think he had a couple albums where it was his name. Live album, right? Yeah, I don't know why it said live. It didn't sound live, but I guess so. No, because all the track listings said, like, live in New York City, live in Austin, Texas. Did it sound Um, live to you? Didn't sound like a stadium or anything. One of the tracks was definitely live. Um, Okay. I think I saw one that was like live at, I forget if it's Groon or Green Hall, which uh-huh. I've actually been to in Austin, Texas, Yeah, which I think is just a classic kind of country music place. Yes. So I knew nothing about this guy, but before we get into him, I fired back with Allison Chain's Facelift, their debut album. <laughs> Don't know why I picked it. We'll get into why I didn't like it, and I assume you didn't either, but I picked it because the guitarist and one of the singers of that band is Jerry Cantrell. Yeah. Do you have any backstory with Jerry? Jerry Cantrell? Yeah. No, we'll get into it more with my connection. (laughs) I got a backstory with Jerry. Yeah. I got an uncle Jerry. It came, this theme came up because I call, we call spiders Jerry in my household. Yeah. Every spider's a Jerry, you know. Jerry is a derogatory term for uh, Germans that was used in World War II. (laughs) But let's get into whatever song you chose. Let's get into Jerry Jeff Walker. All right, let's talk about Jerry Jeff Walker. Like you mentioned, kind of a staple of the like Austin, Texas, hippie, country, outlaw kind of vibe. And uh, I coincidentally have met him. That was why I I wanted to pick an album by him. Ooh. Uh, I worked on a documentary in um, sophomore year of college. We went out to Austin, Texas to interview some people, including him. What so was the documentary? In, huh? What was the documentary? The uh, documentary was about uh, one of the female governors of Texas in like the, I think, 70s or 80s. Uh, her name was Ann Richards. 
And nice. I guess he knew her somehow. She was like, you know, been in Austin forever. So I would I wouldn't be surprised that they knew each other. Yeah, I'd never heard of this guy, but I like this album a lot. I think Jerry Jeff Walker is a good Jerry to check out. And it's a double whammy. You get a, honestly, three names, Jerry Jeff and Walker. But yeah. you get a Jerry Jeff, JJ, just like JJ <laughs> Kale, J John Kale, already leaving yeah. Weaving Webs, getting your John Kale get out of jail free card. Jerry John Kale. All right, launching in Hairy Ass Hillbillies. Yeah, nice. Almost picked it just for the name. Yeah, name's great. I will say this album was a bit like uh, Margaritaville <laughs> vibes again, but. A little better than that. So the kind of quick backstory on Jerry Jeff Walker, as you pointed out the theme, it works pretty well. He, um, his real name is actually Ronald Clyde Crosby, but he played under the name Jerry Ferris and he played under Jeff Walker and he decided to combine them. Is his real name Jerry? No, no, his real name is Ronald. <laughs> But yeah, as you could tell, he kind of is doing this like country folk song, pop song kind of thing. Originally from New York, uh, hitchhiked all across the country, um, was playing in the Greenwich Village scene for a minute. Ooh. And he actually wrote the song Mr. Bojangles, which is a pretty popular song. And that was like kind of his ticket, like got him a lot of attention but this album is sort of his rebrand he decides to move out to texas and become a cowboy so not all of his music is outlaw country kind of style yeah so he started as kind of like folk just like straight like bob dylan type folk interesting i definitely yeah, know so nothing he... about him i bought at the hillbilly oh, hairy ass hillbilly persona yeah. Well, I thought it was also interesting because he's definitely like a part of that, you know, the idea like keep Austin weird. And, you know, there's a couple enclaves in the south, southwest, like uh, New Mexico has like surprisingly an artsy scene, like Taos yeah. and a couple other Santa Fe. Um, but yeah, I feel like Austin's kind of that vibe of like Towns Van Zant and Willie Nelson and all those Texas sort of hippie freaks. Alt country. Yeah, alt country. But my Jerry Jeff Walker story is uh, we were like in between takes in the interview and he asked where I was from. And I told him I was from Montana. And he's like, that's a pretty state. <laughs> I respect that. Because everyone else was like from California. 
Yeah, everyone's like, I'm from California where the governor is Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Barry Brown. But um because I think he was governor at the time. Yeah, no, you're right. But yeah, I feel like Texas and uh California or I guess California's also equally big, but uh Montana, California, and Texas. Yep, got the big nature. Yeah, the big nature states. <laughs> so do you think the name Jerry has fallen out of fashion? Yeah, I was thinking about this because when you're named Jerry, like generally you're not actually named Jerry, right? What is it usually, Gerald? Gerald would be my guess. And I feel like Gerald has definitely fallen out of favor. Yeah, ever since Hey Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like a 70s name. Yeah, and Jerry in general where it's like interesting that he was Ronald, which now I almost feel like Ronald could be like a cool name that comes back. Yeah. Whereas Jerry is like, you know, you just think of older people, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Geriatric. Yeah, Geriatric. <laughs> I'll give you a million points for that. It's going to be hard for me to come back. Well, I'm looking it up. Jerry Rice, the football player, oh, yeah. his real name, Jerry. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some people are just named Jerry. Probably once there's a Gerald who's a Jerry, then people are like, oh, Jerry. I'm just going to name him Jerry. Yeah. It's like Shaquille O'Neal, and then people start naming their kids Shaq. Yeah. But what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to Google who was the first Jerry. <laughs> I'm curious who was like, who started the Shaq trend. Uh, before we started recording, I was telling Lee, I want to do another episode where I don't edit at all. So there's going to be like a five second pause of dead air where Lee is just Googling, <laughs> who is the first Jerry? Nothing came up. Yeah. I think it was Jerry Christ <laughs> back in zero year zero. Yeah. Uh, good picks though. You passing it back. Yeah. Let's talk about your Jerry. All right. So we're going to Allison Chains, their debut album. I think it was 1991. Facelift, Seattle. This is grunge. We've talked about Nirvana, Allison Chains. I also just thought it's funny because it's the Jerry episode and I'm choosing an Alice album. And yeah, that's nice. And we haven't talked about them yet. They're always one of those bands who had the big singles. People seem to like them and they never quite hit with me. So I've also never listened to a full album really. So I kind of wanted to force myself to listen to it. And did you have any sort of reaction to it? Um, it was a little abrasive for sure. Uh, I, I feel like I remember reading though, was it the producer was, was saying like, Metallica took Black Sabbath and slowed it or uh, sped it up and you guys are taking Black Sabbath and slowing it back down. Yeah. That kind of made me appreciate it a little more, just the instrumental yeah. aspect, but the singing was horrible. I hated the singing. That's the thing. I don't really like the singing, but there was yeah. some like, uh, I had a similar thought. I might've read that, but I don't remember it, but where it was almost like stoner metal or like slowed metal that we've talked about before. Yeah. Which I and like. I can appreciate some that. Some kind of cool stuff. But yeah, it's that really like, nails on a chalkboard kind of voice which is mostly lane staley who he died i think pretty young but he was kind of the front man and then jerry cantrell was a big part of the band too 
and also does some vocals. So the album all kind of sounded similar too. And so I thought there's no point. There's not really like a standout album cut. We might as well hear the big single that I remember being on alt rock radio from back in the day when we were kids, when Jerry Brown was, was governor. And uh, that is Allison Chains, Man in the Box. I do like the talk box. I was just about to say, you can hear in the background the talk box used on the guitar, which is cool, and we'll be getting into it later. But for those who don't know, it's like, you know, the guitar sounding like a voice in the background. So a talk box, I was looking more into it. It essentially lets you shape the frequency of a music instrument by applying your speech sounds, like the shape of your mouth, which is fascinating. Wow. I don't know if you know how it works. Well, I was thinking it reminds me of when I do my uh, mouth effect on my cell phone, and that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because it's like, you know, the voice is an instrument, obviously, even though Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell have terrible versions of it. Oh, by the way, this is Lane Staley singing here and then Jerry right there. Nice. Little touch of Jerry. (laughs) Little Jerry on top. (laughs) That's good. So essentially a talk box It takes a sound from the instrument, directs it into your mouth, you move your mouth, and then the instrument actually plays that sound, which is just nuts to me. Like, I don't fully understand how it works, but a lot of people get it confused with the vocoder, vocoder too, but that's kind of the opposite, where it takes your mouth and translates that into an electric signal, whereas a talk box is analog. Nice. But we'll get into stuff like that on recorded history of music. I was going to say. Because <laughs> you brought up using your voice as an instrument, and I think you could argue Talkbox is saying, you know, demonstrating that your mouth, like shape, is also a part of the instrument. Yeah, exactly. And you always say uh, singers, good singers, have big mouths. Ooh, I've never heard that, but yeah, I believe it. The best singers. Well, it's even like with kids, like I was watching this kid video of someone trying to teach you how to talk if you're a baby. And it's like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ah, ah, and stuff. Like we don't even think about those sounds. Yeah. But it is weird how just changing the shape of your mouth changes a sound. 
And then like the fact that you can do that to an electric guitar is crazy to me. Yeah, that's sick. And you can make that whip sound wave sound like a human voice. Guitar solo. <laughs> So another example of a mon green here. So that part right there is uh, feed me my eyes. And then Jerry comes in and says, now you've sewn them shut. And this song used to get stuck in my head constantly because it would be played on the radio back yeah. in the day. And I always thought they were saying, now you're so messed up. Not a very funny Mon Green, but I thought I'd call it a Mon Green on the Jerry's episode. <laughs> Jesus, Jerry Christ. Yes. So I was reading, I guess, both Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell have said the songs about censorship, which I don't really follow the lyrics, but, and uh, apparently, the story that's on Wikipedia is Lane Staley said he was uh, talking to some people who were vegetarians and they told him how veal was made from calves raised in small boxes. So he wrote a song about government censorship and eating meat as seen through the eyes of a doomed calf, which is fascinating. But, you know, that's a classic song. Wouldn't necessarily recommend listening to the rest of the album. It's a very, uh, it's almost got like Marilyn Manson disturbed, Definitely, like yeah. that kind of system of a down in tone. doesn't necessarily sound exactly like those bands, but there's something about a lot of those bands where I think a certain type of person gets tickled by it and it just doesn't quite do it for me. It's almost two nails on a chalkboard, but I don't exactly know why. But I'll pass it back. Actually, I'm going on a run because we're nice. talking Jerry Cantrell. I want to keep talking about Jerry Cantrell. This is just a funny song that I found. And it's by an L.A. band called... Uh, you know what? Scratch that. No edits, but I'm passing it back. Just a little preview. Yeah, I'm reading right now. Jerry Cantrell contributed to the Cable Guy soundtrack. <laughs> so maybe we can come back to that. Also, Jerry Cantrell went on to have a solo career, and on his debut album, he had contributions from Les Claypool, who is in Primus, who made Jerry Was a Race Car Driver. Nice. So I don't know if you're going to play that, but that's all-time no. Jerry classic. I felt it was too obvious. Yeah, connecting your Jerry's. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, connecting my Jerry's. We left off with Jerry Jeff Walker. I'd mentioned Mr. Bojangles was his big hit. The bass player on that, track was another jerry named gerald fingers jamont went by jerry <laughs> and uh he's a really f like famous bass player who did so many like sessions um but one that stuck out to me was a song from a singer named margie real long name margaret joseph because we were talking about jerry versus gerald 
Uh, also on the track is Bernard Purdy. Could be Bernie. <laughs> so you got Margie, Bernie, and Jerry. <laughs> this is Margie Joseph, Make Me Believe You'll Stay. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Bernie yep. Sanders, and Jerry Brown. <laughs> Jerry Brown. Oh, and the most important Jerry of all, this was produced by Jerry Wexler of Atlantic. Atlantic Records. I feel like maybe you've talked about Jerry Wexler before. I've never heard of him. We'll we'll touch it again. So Bernard Purdy, I think we've talked about Famous for the Purdy Shuffle. Kind of a little like Diddy on the drums that he was famous for. He's not really doing it right now, but very groovy player. The Jerry killing it on the bass. almost sounds like a Christmas song like it's a nice um, pleasant tune like you know Jerry Christmas nice Sorry, that's stupid. you sniped me I was waiting for that <laughs> you had Jerry Christmas queued up yeah <laughs> this is the Jerry episode Jerry puns are totally it's open hunting season right sound now sound the gavel tell it to the judge and the Jerry the Jerry <laughs> Jerry's out on that one, whether that was a good pun. No, it was a good pun. Alright, let's talk a little bit about Jerry Wexler. Alright. You sure you don't want to talk about Wu Tang clan who's from Staten Island, take the take the Jerry over to Manhattan? Alright, you lost me. You lost me on that one. (laughs) Fairy, Jerry, it doesn't work. It's just a rhyme. Um, so, do you know Muscle Shoals? They, they did. There was that documentary about the recording studio. I haven't studio. seen it, but yeah, I've always heard of it and interested. We've talked um, about it before, I think. Yeah, Muscle Shoals. So, Jerry Wexler was famous for kind of putting them on the map. He sent a lot of artists down there because uh, they had that sort of like funky bass soul sound. Um, but yeah, Jerry Wexler was the co-head of Atlantic Records from 1953 to 1975. Uh, and he's also, I guess, credited with coining the term rhythm and blues. Wow. But a very, like, larger-than-life personality. White guy? Uh, he, white guy. So, yeah, there's a great quote where he goes, We were making rhythm and blues music. Black music by black musicians for black adult buyers, perpetrated by white, Jewish, and Turkish entrepreneurs. Nice. So he knew it. Self-aware. Self-aware, Self-aware, sure. Jerry. Self-aware. <laughs> Self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> you 
But yeah, reason I bring up the nickname thing is that was something when we were naming my kid, or our, you know, me and my wife were naming our kid. It was wanted to have a name that was like long, but then you could shorten it, mm, like a Margaret to Margie or like Gerald to Jerry. Is your real name Lee? Yeah, my real name is Lee. So surprised I'm judging the Jerry's. Yeah. Wait, you're judging Jerry because it's not Just really a nickname. Being yeah, being named straight up Jerry. Oh, uh, okay, I see. Um, last fact about Jerry Wexler: asked about what he wants on his tombstone. He said two words: more bass. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought you were gonna say more Jerry. <laughs> more Jerry. Uh, he should have. And what do you want for your final meal? Ice cream with a Jerry on top. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to apologize for all these bad Jerry puns and especially the one I interrupted you with. That was not good. No, we've been mostly good with our Jerry puns. Yeah. And but I'll pass it back. On the naming thing, though, I've always been just Will, not William. Like your always, birth certificate? Yeah. And my parents always explain it to me like we were going to call you Will anyways. So we didn't yeah. want to give you another name. And so I've always had that bias of not wanting to have a nickname. Yeah. Just but, be I Will. Mean, I'm not critical of it. I think it's an East Coast thing, if I had to guess. Having a little nickname? Yeah, like having a long, like, you know, Bible name almost. Uh-huh. Like, like Jerry Jonathan Christ, and like then Jerry everyone calls Christ you, or something. Yeah, <laughs> everyone calls you Johnny. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, Johnny. Johnny. Uh, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Even though your uh, name's Gerald, like Patrick. Well, that's what I was thinking. Is Jerry is short for Gerald makes no sense. I mean, it does make sense, but it doesn't because it's essentially the ex exactly same amount of syllables. Well, it's like Ronald and Ronnie. That's true. I never thought about that. Gerald and Jerry. It's just kind of like a cutesy name to add the E. Yeah. It's like Ito if you add that in Spanish. Yeah. But, all right, you passed it back. We left off talking talk boxes. My next connection here is not a Jerry, but it is one of the earliest pioneers of the talk box, which I thought was extremely interesting. This is from a 19, 1944 movie musical called Jam Session, and the song they're playing is St. Louis Blues, and the guy who is orchestrating this is Alvino Ray. And have you heard of him? No, I thought you were going to play that Peter Drake. I don't know that, but... No, this is great. Yeah. So, essentially, to set the scene, you can look it up on YouTube, but there's a, like a big band, kind of band on stage, and then there's a puppet... Yes. <laughs> so that is a puppet that's on stage that has a shape of a guitar neck as its head. And it's actually being controlled by a guy playing steel guitar who's using a talk box. Who's that guitar player? I bet it's this Peter Drake or Pete Drake. It, it could easily be. That's so cool. Long, I am no 
So what year was this? I think it's Alvino Ray, though. 1944. That's amazing. So he was an amateur radio operator. He used a carbon throat microphone wired in a way as to modulate his electric steel guitar sound. The mic was originally developed for military pilot communications, placed on the throat of his wife, Louise King, one of the King's sisters, who stood behind a curtain and mouthed the words along with the guitar lines. He called the combinations, oh, <laughs> called the combination singing guitar. I was thinking the first person who made a talk box must have been a freak. Yeah. Like, oh, a guitar? Let me put that in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Let me run that sound into my mouth. I mean, I kind of get it. Do you ever get the, like, compulsion to try to, like, sing or, like, you know, when you're playing guitar, like, you're almost, like, singing? Yeah. I mean, I sometimes I'll just play notes and be like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> also, steel guitar, I thought some connection to Austin, Jerry Jeff Walker. Yeah, this is a great connection. I tried to look up if there's any Jerry cities. <laughs> there's a couple unincorporated cities named Jerry. One in Washington, one in North Carolina, and, and one in Ohio. I can't believe this guy doesn't get credit. Yeah. That Pete Drake's video is all over YouTube. Huh. It's one of those gotta, like, algorithm videos. We got to put him on the map. Yeah, he just hijacked this from Alvino Ray. It seems like he's pretty prolific. I'm seeing he was... Uh, developed the first prototype for a pickup on a guitar. Drum solo. In the video, the drummer is cheesing hard at that part, and it's like a close-up on him, and he's just hitting the snare. Nice. So, yeah, yeah I recommend checking out that video. What'd you say he was... Uh, what'd he do? He also helped like invent the first pickup That's for interesting. Gibson. We got to talk about pickups on recorded, recorded history, history music because I don't <laughs> I don't fully understand what a pickup even is and I'm having trouble imagining or envisioning how a talk box actually works but so I mean yeah the quick explanation and I need to do some research but from what I remember from school is a pickup basically I think it's a magnet it's some kind of like creates a magnetic field so that it can f understand when the string moves back and forth uh, and then it tracks that as a wave so that you 
create that electrical signal that the vibrating string created and then you amplify it and then it makes the speaker vibrate and so you does it amplify it or does it make it into like an electric signal it just i think pickup just creates the electric signal the amp is usually what amplifies okay yeah so i think it just sends that signal to the amplifier which then makes it louder yeah but that's how i think how microphones work for the most part so, I so could you put a pick could you um make a necklace out of a pickup put it around your throat so then your vocal cords vibrate and it translates that that would be nuts no i think it matters that it's a, a, a metal string component. vibrating i don't know though i have to yeah. look it up we'll get into that in episode 44 of recorded history and music so stay tuned yeah i'll pass it back all right amazing connection talking about the talk box we left off with jerry wexler talking about jerry's no real connection here other than another pillar of jerry who uh was pretty prominent in my childhood so when you said the jerry's episode this is one of the first things i thought about was the classic duo of tom and jerry nice thought of them too this is the theme song from 1975, launching. Just listen to a little big band, a little more big band. So this is interesting because the 1975 reboot um, decided that the show was too violent and it was like, poisoning children's minds so this one they're actually like friends and they're collaborative <laughs> and there's no violence or slapstick comedy and it just probably got terrible ratings <laughs> yeah and then uh, i was off the air till i think the 80s another reboot introducing that world famous cat tom and that magnificent mouse jerry 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 Points for Jerry. Lots to sing, lots to sing. Everything's gonna swing, so get ready. Here we go. Big or small, short or tall, you will all have a ball on the Tom and Jerry So that was the one where they're friends. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Good theme song, yeah. though. They don't make them like that anymore. They really don't. Like, even for a podcast, if there was a podcast of, like, two white guys in Brooklyn who talk about supplements and uh, philosophy and their names were Tom and Jerry, uh-huh. if they had that intro, I would love that podcast. Yeah, we could do our own version. Yeah. Introducing. It's the Will and Lee, the Lee and Will show. All right, pass it back. Not too much. Just had to shout out my childhood Cartoon Network reruns of Tom and Jerry. Shout out to I don't the know childhood. if I ever really saw the collaborative version. Yeah. Sure it was in there. Uh, that's an interesting fact, though. I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't either. 
I mean, so the show came out in 1940. So there was quite a bit of like, you know, eras, I guess, with the show. Mm-hmm. Came out right around when Albino Ray was doing the talk box. Yes. <laughs> which is where we left off on my side. And quick note, there's a famous puppet named Jerry Mahoney talking puppets, but we're not going to talk about him. And like we puppet are... person or like a puppet was named Jerry? A guy who, a famous like puppeteer had a puppeteer. puppet named... Puppeteer, He had a puppet named Jerry. That was like one of the most famous puppets ever. I, I think, I you know. I trust a, you. If you're a puppet expert, don't come at me. <laughs> but connection here, talking talk boxes, talking putting things in your mouth. This is a song I found <laughs> um, by uh, LA Band. This is the one I teased earlier. LA Band... Um, called The Cox, who I'd never heard before. Looked him up. I guess it's their, uh, describe themselves as like just a rockin' band who's also unabashedly gay. And they play a um, mix of punk and all this kind of stuff around LA. Probably not a lot of people know them, so this is maybe their biggest radio placement ever that we're not paying them for. This is The Cox, Jerry Cantrell. But yeah, I love how you can just make a song about wanting to blow Jerry Cantrell and no one, it's not as creepy as if it was like a female singer. I might be wrong. No, that's pretty good. I love that. I don't care about Alice, but I really love chains. There's nothing I like better than a man in my box. Nice. ending remind me of Rudy can't fail Jerry can't trail <laughs> nice <laughs> so that someone should remake the clash Jerry can't trail <laughs> that's good <laughs> I don't Do know who think... the audience for that would be what is Rudy short for Rudith uh good question I don't know Rudith yeah <laughs> but I I thought that was a great song and very funny because Jerry yeah. can't is just such a a random person to pick 
as like the celebrity that you want to bang. If it wasn't a, a song about blowjobs, I would think it was like it had Nickelodeon energy. Like <laughs> yeah, I could aqu- see that. Aquabats. Yeah, definitely Aquabats, like comedy, punk. Yeah. Energy. Uh, pass it back. All right, we're we're jerrying, we're jerrying through this. Damn, I should have used gerrymandering. <laughs> That's how I get away with my Tom and Jerry connection. And this next one, I'm just gerrymandering through all these. So what's Jerry meandering? It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. So we were talking about Jerry's. <laughs> we were. <laughs> And this next song is about Jerry. Um, was reading about the songwriting process from John Mellencamp, and he was talking about uh, noodling. So we should oh. use it in the noodling episode. But this is Jerry by John <laughs> Mellencamp. <laughs> but it's a great line about Jerry's yelling at the man on the moon. Oh, launching in. I know where you're going with this. Moonchild by Jerry Jeff Walker. Yep. 1996, John Mellencamp. Kind of sounds like Alice in Chains. It kind of does in a weird way. What was what's the year of Alice in Chains? Ninety, I think it was ninety-one. So this is after it. I wonder if that's why he says "Man on the Moon" or nineteen ninety. Sorry, August nineteen ninety. I mean, this is nineteen ninety-six. So and this is John Mellencamp. John Millingham. He was probably definitely like, I gotta get some of that grunge money. When asked about this song specifically, he said that uh, I didn't really have any intention to go into the studio and talk about Jerry, but that uh, he's just seizing the moment. He said, when you write a good song, and I've written a lot of bad ones, so I know the difference, you kind of become elevated for a moment. It's like, hey, I better get this down. I just picked up a guitar, started playing some chords and saying, Jerry's yelling at the man in the moon. It was just noodling. <laughs> Wait, so it's not about a particular Jerry? Nah, he's just, I think he just strung together some chords he liked and then he's just like, Jerry, yeah, I love that. <laughs> like that's the image that came to him. Yeah. 
because I was thinking that with Jerry was a race car driver, where it's like there is something where just Jerry is just a funny name to put in something. It definitely does create sort of a character vibe for sure, yeah. as opposed to like I don't know something more proper. Yeah, like what do you think of when you think of Jerry? Like a goofy, like I don't know. Yeah. I guess I always think of my Uncle Jerry, who has like a white beard. And his name is actually spelled G E R R Y, so that might be short for Gerald. Definitely seems like a Gerald. Yeah. Which is always like, you know, it's close to Gary. Yeah. But yeah, I guess to John Mellencamp, Jerry is a name of like a guy that's, you know, won't grow up. Won't take things seriously. I was kind of vibing with this instrumental, though. John Mellencamp was 45 in 1996, so wow, makes sense. I'll give him props. He's pretty good for a 45-year-old. He's just one of those classic guys who he knows how to write the hits. He's just noodling. He's just noodling. I do love that. Well, I was going to ask you, we kind of ran out of time, but I guess to John Mellencamp, noodling can be writing like a song, not just guitar playing. Yeah, which, which I would maybe call that just riffing or improvising. But yeah, maybe he, get, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't know what noodling is. Yeah, we got to give him the noodling episode while he's still here. <laughs> I looked it up, and Jerry can be short for George, Gerald, Gerard, Jeremiah. Jared feels valid, but not George. George, yeah. I feel like there's always like random nicknames that, like Richard and Dick. I have no idea how those two. Speaking of the Cox. Yeah, or or Chuck and Chip. Yeah, yeah. Or Charles. Right. So who knows how these names come about? But we're gonna be yeah. doing exclusively name episodes for the remainder i was kidding about the six more episodes we're gonna have like a thousand more episodes where we go through every name nah all right you pass it back <laughs> you pass uh, it passing back yeah all right we left off with the cox jerry cantrell and you know it's gonna go into puff the magic dragon by peter paul and jerry but i decided <laughs> no i'm kidding uh <laughs> I was going to do something with Ben and Jerry's, but instead, you know, the Cox putting Jerry Cantrell's 12 inch hung like a horse, three feet wide cock in your mouth that, uh, you know, the Cox just want to make Jerry Cantrell's toes curl, which lead me, leads me to the Jerry curl and nice. uh, a hairstyle that's popularized throughout music i was looking it up and i don't know if you know this guy edmund silver no so he's kind of a more obscure person but he's credited as being the first black artist ever to have a jerry curl in his album art and okay. his album came out in 1980 and this is a song from it and then Michael Jackson's Thriller came out in 1982, I believe, which he infamously has a Jerry Curl on that. I think it's Thriller or one of his albums. I might be wrong. Don't quote me. Minus five points. But the Jerry Curl then became a staple 
chose this song for the funky bass. This is Edmund Silver's I Choose You. Wow. It's almost like Boogie. Well, so he was in The Silvers, which I guess they had a hit called Boogie Fever. Nice. So you're spot on. And weaving more webs to Michael Jackson. At age 14, Edmund Silvers played the role of Marlon Jackson on the cartoon series of the Jackson 5. Wow. Weaving webs to Tom and Jerry cartoons. We don't plan this. And then Michael Jackson, yeah, he had a Jerry Jerry Curl on Thriller and then on the cover of Bad by 1987, he had like a longer longer hair and wore wigs. So this is from the 1980s album, Have You Heard? So Jerry can be spelled J-H-E-R-I? Yeah, so it's named after Jerry Redding who spelled his name like that, J-H-E-R-Y-I. He was actually born Robert William Redding in 1907 in Rantoul, Illinois, which is like 15 minutes away from Champaign, Illinois, five points. Moved to Chicago and became like a famous hairdresser who uh, pioneered this style. Apparently he would use mayonnaise and vinegar to make his own shampoos. Whoa. And then he moved to LA and advertised he got on like the johnny carson show and just kind of became popular around salons and stuff and the jerry curl is named after him he claims to have created it and he's white he's a white guy of course another jerry another uh white jerry coming in and capitalizing off black culture Another Jerry, white Jerry, profiting off black culture, Jerry Heller, who you might know if you saw the Straight Outta Compton or know about NWA, how he was a manager for NWA and Easy E and Ice Cube both had Jerry curls. So basically it's, you know, you get some cream that softens your hair and then you curl your hair and then tight curls loosen up get a little perm DJ Quick another Jerry Curl guy yeah from LA riding on the LA freeway a lot of LA people with Jerry Curls yeah And this guy named uh, Comer Cottrell invented the curly kit, 
which um, made it cheaper because it was at the beginning, it was really hard to maintain your jerry curl because you had to apply all this moisturizer stuff daily. You had to sleep with a plastic cap over your hair to prevent it from drying out. And he invented this kit so that more people could have a jerry curl, spreading the jerry curl to the world. And he died at age 82 in, in 2014. Rest in peace, Comer Cottrell. I don't, yeah, I don't understand guys bothering with that. It just sounds like too much work. I agree. Uh, I've never, I've had like the same hairstyle my whole life. And every time I go to the barber, I tell him, you know, cut my hair the way it was before, but a little bit shorter. And I do go to like, <laughs> wait, does that work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I show a picture, but oh, now okay. I've been going to like the same person. So she knows. And it's like Floyd's yeah. barber shop, which is kind of in between a barber shop and a salon. And so they always want to like put products in your hair and stuff. And I usually let them do it when I get my hair cut. But then I tell them like, I don't want to have to do that in order to maintain it. But you know, yeah, yeah. It used to be considered like girly or whatever if you want to do that. But then obviously like there was the term metrosexual, if you remember that, which is very outdated. But yeah, it's like, you know, guys are now using hair products oh my god yeah and then now i'd say it's very commonplace that like if a guy styles their hair it's not necessarily like taboo but at one point it was but i've also just never wanted to do that i'm just thinking yeah. like statistically probably women style their hair more than men yeah i will say you know on the topic of jerry curls and moisturizing your hair that is definitely something that I learned and it becomes more applicable the longer your hair is, is like mm -hmm. the important importance of like keeping your hair moisturized and not yeah. letting it dry out and get like all gnarly. Cause if you shampoo it every day, it gets dry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about finding what your hair like needs, but generally that's what I did growing up. I like shampooed my hair every day and just super dry. Yeah. But we'll get into this more on the recorded hair story of music. <laughs> Harry Jerry. <laughs> Harry uh hippie. Yeah. Harry, Harry ass Jerry. Harry. <laughs> All right. Passing it back. All right. We're finishing up here. You already called it Man in the Man on Man in the Moon to Man in the Box. But since you already played that, I went and snuck around and got us an exclusive Jerry Cantrell Ooh. original song from the Cable Guy soundtrack. Yes. From 1996. Directed by Judd Apatow. I don't know a lot of people know that. Yep. Starring Ben Stiller. No. Sorry, 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 sorry. Directed by Ben Stiller. Right. Produced by Judd Apatow. Starring Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Jerry. Leslie Mann and Matthew Broderick. Which I'd argue it's one of their best films of all those people. I need to go back and, and watch it because I remember loving it as like a teen, like yeah. 11, 12 year old. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. Did you? Yeah. 1996. We no, I was like five years old. Probably not. <laughs> Just laughing. <laughs> I I have a memory a of seeing it. It's probably a false memory, but I definitely saw that in theaters. Honestly, as a six year old, you could probably still appreciate Jim Carrey's humor. Yeah. You just probably goofy. didn't know at all what's going on, but Jim Carrey was just funny. Yeah. I mean, you know what's going on, but you know what I'm saying. But it was for Judd Apatow, it was more of a straight comedy. And also Ben Stiller, I just want to go on the record, 
is one of the best directors of all time. Underrated. Yeah. Like Didn't with Severance. He do... Yeah, Severance. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. He's got talent. Talk More about talent. Jerry, his dad. <laughs> oh my God. Jerry Stiller. We don't plan this. So good. All right. Launching in. This is called Leave Me Alone. So I think this is actually the scene. So I, I'll give you a quick rundown actually before we launch into it. Um, ben Stiller saw, I think Jerry Cantrell was talking to him about the new Alice in Chains album. And he said, that's great. I realized that the lyrics kind of fit the vibe of the movie, which I hadn't planned on when I wrote them. This is Jerry Cantrell talking. The whole thing was just a good opportunity for me to do something else. We're not on tour right now, so why not? They were like, we don't plan this. We don't plan this. We don't it plan this. It works perfectly. We're just noodling. We're just noodling. I wrote it on the spot. It kind of worked. All right, this is Leave Me Alone. This is when Matthew Broderick is kind of having like a nightmare fantasy about um, Jim Carrey's character, who's his cable guy, coming over to his house and breaking in. Also, Ben Stiller directed Tropic Thunder. Nice. Pretty decent. I'm, I'm, it might be cringy, though. It it's might not hold great. up. Robert Downey Jr. has <laughs> blackface. Oh, my God. I mean, that movie definitely crosses the line. But <laughs> I it's... Uh, I haven't watched it in a while, but I feel like it might still hold up. That could be a good... Um, <laughs> that could be a funny thing is watch that movie yeah big group of people also and that leads me because i heard johnny knoxville in an interview talking about um another outlaw country guy yeah talking about his movie the ringer is one of his favorite movies of all time and he still stands by it yeah which is the one where he pretends to be special needs in order to get into the special olympics yeah yeah but he's like i guess like the special olympics actually endorse the movie and everything and it's like got a good message and it features a lot of uh special need actors which is kind of cool so totally i mean not to get us on too much of a tangent but i feel like the same thing even applies to like kill tony yeah people want to like crucify them for touching things that like yeah maybe they're not the most sensitive with the subject matter but like their heart is generally in the right place. Yeah. Where it's like featuring get... people who don't get representation anywhere yeah. else where it's like, yeah, white people dancing around talking about it. But people want to criticize the execution and it's a bit of a, like, I don't know. What's the hill to die on? Yeah. That's for another podcast. All right. That's for the, uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> any of ours. not any of our podcasts. Not ours. That's where the Tom and Jerry, the two guys in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Film review of Tom Johnny Knoxville's The Ringers. <laughs> so it definitely sounds like he was influential on Alice in Chains. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this sounds like Alice in Chains. I guess Lane Staley died of an overdose at age 34. Wow. It really is just like slow metal crunch. Just leave me 
I like Jerry's voice a lot better than Lane Staley's, I think. Yeah, same. It's just I still cleaner. don't know how much it adds, but at least it doesn't yeah, like, take away. Yeah, like instrumental. I mean, it was the 90s, so people were into that style of vocals. But yeah, if this was just an instrumental, it would be pretty cool, too. So I'm totally wrong. This is actually featured at the closing credits. Okay. I was like, I don't remember singing. So yeah, this is their closing credits song. Like Jim Carrey's character has a list which I feel like nowadays people don't do. Yeah. But there's like not enough lisp uh, rep representation now. Lisp representation? Yeah, there's no one's willing to do it. Is that the talk box right there? Wow, bring it, rewind. Still going. Should I fade out and we'll go to Jerry? Let's do it. Let's go from Jerry to Jerry. One-to-one -one connection here. Both Jerry's. This is Jerry Jeff Walker uh, talking LA, how the Jerry curl was big in LA. This is LA Freeway. Nice connection. I like this one. Yeah, I was imagining you might be listening in your car and this would hit home. Yeah. I actually didn't listen in the car, but I usually do. Back up all your dishes. Make note of all good wishes. Say goodbye to the landlord for me. Sons of bitches. Always bore me. Love calling landlords sons of bitches. Yeah, so good. Talking about uh, Austin, Kill Tony, leaving LA. I'm definitely going through a phase of gotta get out of LA, just get on some dirt road. <laughs> yeah. So this song resonated with me. Is he saying without getting killed or what? What's the second part? I don't know. It's a modern degree. Like, what's, what's he trying to imply here? Here's the, the Dennis. One I think I 
Dennis episode next. Denny. Saying caught, caught, yeah, like caught by the police. I guess so. Outlet, out was an outlaw. <laughs> yeah. I was imagining that he's like stuck in traffic. Just get off this L.A. freeway and take some back streets. Yeah. <laughs> it's my destination. <laughs> There's a steel guitar in there, right? I think so. In the back. There was like a little... Ding. I just hear harmonica. Yeah, it might not be. I do love, though, there was that little, like, guitar solo short break. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, just subtle. But I do, like, like country jams where they do, like, like, guitar does a little noodling. Yeah. <laughs> a little honky-tonk. Honky-tonking on the L.A. freeway. Honky-tonk boxing. Jerry Cantrell. Now that's a honky talk boxer. <laughs> I definitely see the Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett. See this kind of guitar solo right here. Because it really is like, I've noticed the guitar. I'm talking over guitar solo here, but the guitar really does like kind of match the human voice pretty well so it kind of makes sense the talk box when i think of like i think Jimi hendrix used to kind of like almost mouth the, the notes he was playing yeah or like let that guitar sing great jam here I love that song. Love being exposed to a new artist. So thank you for showing me a Jerry that I'd never heard before. And yeah, I hope same. everyone enjoyed the Jerry episode. We'll we see you next time on we the got Dennis. Five more. Dennis. <laughs> Den We're not doing Dennis. I'm going to veto that right now. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.